improvement pill here. I want to welcome you to lesson five of the tamed course. In the previous lessons, we covered a strategy for this course, which is to replace your bad habits with good keystone habits. Then we discussed how habits work, debunked a couple of misconceptions, and in our last video, we discussed three of the most powerful habits you can adopt. So by now, you should have a habit in mind that you're going to work on for the remainder of this course. If you do not have this habit in mind, or if you've missed any of the previous lessons, stop this video right now and click on the link in the description box below. It will bring you to a playlist that has all of the lessons of the tamed course in chronological order. In today's lesson, we're going to talk about how to properly start forming your habit. We're going to cover how to strategically pick a cue, how to structure your routine so that you get closer to the line of automaticity with half the effort, and finally, how to effectively reward yourself so that your habit sticks. This is without a doubt one of the most important videos in this course, so make sure you pay close attention. Alright, let's get started. Remember, the cue is what triggers your brain to follow through with the routine and reach that reward. So it's important to pick a cue that appears every single day. Because if you pick a cue like waking up to the sun shining on your face, sure, you'll stick to your habit most of the time. But if it's ever raining outside, you won't be prompted to follow through with your routine. At the same time, you want to pick a cue that is unavoidable. Your cue needs to be something that you encounter every day no matter where you are, what you're doing, or even how you're feeling. For example, the cue for my habit of reading is eating. Whenever I eat, I pick up a book or read some informative article online. This cue is something that I do every single day without fail and it's unavoidable. I could be sick, I could be in another country, it doesn't matter because I'll still have to eat. Other unavoidable cues that you can consider for your own habit are things like showering brushing your teeth, logging onto your computer, or even your commute back from work. There's tons of possibilities and it doesn't really matter what you select as long as your cue is something that appears every single day without fail. Another thing you want to keep in mind is that your cue should make it possible for you to follow through with your routine immediately. Let's say for example, the keystone habit you've selected is meditation. It may not be smart to attach this routine to the cue of say, arriving at work. Work. Some difficulties may arise if you plan to spend your first 10 minutes of work every day meditating. Your boss might interrupt and give you an assignment and lo and behold, you'll get sidetracked and completely forget to meditate. What you want to do is pick a cue that makes it easier for you to follow through with your routine. For example, if the keystone habit you're trying to build is fitness, it's extremely effective to sign up for a gym that is on your commute from work. That way, when you travel back from work, you'll naturally come across your cue, which is seeing the gym. This cue is great because when you see it, you're only seconds away from starting your routine. The final thing I want to note when it comes to picking a cue is that you want to pick a single cue. You want your brain to associate a single unique cue with a single unique routine. If half the time you're using cue A and the other half you're using cue B, you're basically building two habits at the same time. And because of this, it can take you twice as long to reach the line of automaticity, which again is that point in time where you no longer even have to think about doing your habit. All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the routine. Now, there's a huge problem with the way that the majority of people look at their routines. See, most people who start a new habit set their expectations for their routine very, very high. They tell themselves that they'll work out for at least an hour and a half, five times a week, 
that they'll meditate every single day for at least 20 minutes, that they'll finish reading at least a book every single week. If you expect to perform this well every single day, you're eventually going to bump into some problems. Somewhere down the line, it could be a week, it could be a month, there's going to be a day where you have low levels of willpower. It could be because you're sick, it could be because you drank too much the previous night, it could even be because you've been working too much. Whatever it is, these bad days are unavoidable. Now, we're gonna dive deeper into the concept of willpower later on in this course, but for now, I just want you to remember these two facts about willpower. The first fact is that if your habit is still new, it requires a decent amount of willpower to stick to it. The closer your habit gets to the line of automaticity, the less willpower it will require. The second fact is that our brain tries its best to conserve willpower. So when your willpower levels drop below a certain threshold, it will do everything in its power to try to conserve it. Okay. So your willpower levels are low, and you're traveling back from work and you see your gym, which is your cue. And this means that you have to work out for an hour and a half. What's your brain going to do? Your brain is going to say, there's no way we can work out for an hour and a half with this nearly empty tank of willpower. And I can just about guarantee you that he's going to convince you not to go. So you end up going home to binge watch the new season of Stranger Things while eating Doritos. You wake up the next morning feeling terrible and guilty because you've technically broken your New Year's resolution. Your motivation to go to the gym just isn't the same anymore. You start skipping more days and next thing you know, you're back to square one. Sound familiar? Well, it should. Because this sort of thing happens all of the time. This is why only 8% of people manage to stick to their New Year's resolution. The trap that most of us fall into is that we focus way too much energy on how hard we should work during our routines. Instead, we should be focusing on simply showing up. In fact, someone who goes to the gym every single day and works out for only 10 minutes will get to the line of automaticity much faster than someone who shows up half as much but works out for one, two, or even three hours at a time. This is because the only thing that will get you closer to the line of automaticity is consistency. Let me repeat that again. The only thing that will get you closer to making that keystone habit of yours into something you do automatically without any effort is consistency. Basically, how often you show up. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, what's the point of working out for only 10 minutes? There's no way I can lose any weight or put on any muscle if I only work out for 10 minutes. And you're right, but only to some extent, because getting our habit to the line of automaticity is our number one goal. But reaping the benefits of these keystone habits is also important. That's why if you want to get the most out of your keystone habit, you need to implement something I like to call the low high bar. Here's how it works. The low bar is the least amount of work you can do that will still move your habit closer to the line of automaticity. This means that you need to at least follow all of the steps of your routine, but you're allowed to do so with minimal effort. For example, let's say that you're trying to make meditation into a habit. The low bar for this could be sitting in the proper meditation position that you always sit in, setting your clock to the number you always set it to, and focusing on your breathing for just one minute. If you think one minute is too hard for you on a day with low willpower, you can even lower it to 30 seconds. It doesn't really matter because you're still following all of the steps 
steps of your routine, and this means you're still getting closer to the line of automaticity. Now, the high bar is what eventually causes you to reap the benefits of your habits. It is the most amount of work you allow yourself to do. So let's take the previous example of our meditation habit. The high bar for this routine could be focusing on your breathing for up to 20 minutes. This means that you're allowed to meditate for anywhere from one minute, which is your low bar, to 20 minutes, which is your high bar. Now you're probably thinking, well, how does this even work? Why would I ever want to limit myself? The low high bar works extremely well because of two reasons. Number one, it makes it extremely easy for you to complete your routine if, for whatever reason, you have low willpower. The task of meditating for just 30 seconds isn't enough to scare your brain into conserving its willpower. So having a low bar prevents you from missing days you normally would have. This is crucial because every single day you miss sets back your progress towards that line of automaticity. Missing just one day also tends to cause us to miss even more days, especially in the beginning of our habit building journey. So by setting a low bar for our routine, we can avoid massive setbacks that would have likely thrown us back to square one. The second reason the low high bar is so effective is because by having a high bar for your routine, you'll be motivated to do more than the bare minimum, even on days where your levels of willpower are extremely low. This is because, like I mentioned in the previous videos, it actually takes more willpower to put on your shoes, head out the door, and go to the gym than the actual workout itself. Luckily, you know about the low bar, which, if you implement, means you will almost always show up. This means that you've actually just overcome the hardest part of the routine. And since you have a high bar for this routine, I can almost guarantee that you'll find yourself thinking, well, I spent so much time and energy getting here, I might as well work out a bit longer. My maximum for working out is an hour and a half, so let's try to do 30 minutes instead of just five. It's funny because at first glance, the low high bar sounds like cheating. It sounds like a shortcut, and that's because because it is. It gets you to that line of automaticity faster and more efficiently than other conventional methods. Alright, so the last thing we're going to talk about is the reward. There needs to be a prize that's worthwhile at the end of your habit loop. Otherwise, your brain has no reason to record this loop. Why should it remember something that doesn't benefit you in any way? There are two requirements that your reward must fill. The first requirement is that the reward must arrive immediately or at least very soon after the routine. Let's say for example that you're trying to build a habit of working out. If you tell yourself that your reward for working out is that you'll look better three months down the line, that's a bad reward. Because the part of your brain that's responsible for building habits will not associate that reward with your routine. It's too far away. Here's a good example of an immediate reward. When I was building my habit of working out, I would treat myself to a fantastic meal right after. Something like a delicious steak or a large bowl of curry. This is a good reward because it comes immediately after my routine and because of this my brain starts to associate my routine of working out with the reward of food. If you're doing this properly, you should start noticing small cravings during your routine. While building my habit of working out, I started to catch myself thinking about the food I would eat right after. And that's a very good sign. Because the more your brain associates a reward with a specific routine, the closer you are to that line of automaticity. The second requirement for a good reward is that it has to be pleasurable. Let's say that you're trying to build a habit of reading books every day. And the reward you assign for this habit is quote-unquote not 
knowledge. This is a terrible reward because although knowledge is good and can easily lead to a happier life, it in itself is not that pleasurable. What you could do is assign the feeling of accomplishment as the reward and focus on that when you finish your reading. Now, the feeling of accomplishment is okay and it'll do the job, but if you want to have the most success in building your habits, if you want your habits to feel exciting, it's best to stick to what I like to call primitive rewards. Primitive rewards are things that have always been rewarding tracing back for millions and millions of years. Things like food, sex, play, socializing, were and still are some of the most important activities for us. These things ensured the survival of our genes and because of this, they've evolved to become extremely pleasurable. So instead of assigning the reward of knowledge or even the feeling of accomplishment to your routine of reading, it's a lot more effective to assign something like play or relaxation. For example, you could say, if I do my routine of reading, I can relax and watch an episode of my favorite TV show right after. Watching your favorite shows is fun and pleasurable and that makes it a pretty good reward. So just to recap on everything, first, you want to pick a single unique cue that you come across every single day without fail. Assign this single unique cue to your unique routine. It's also important to note that this cue should make it easier for you to follow up immediately with your routine. Next, you want to figure out the steps of your routine. Do you have to go somewhere? Is there something that you have to set up? What do you do? Whatever it is, identify each and every single step. After doing so, we can now create a low high bar for this routine. Your low bar should be so easy that it's impossible for you to come up with excuses to not do it. Something easy like doing one push-up. Your high bar should be an amount that you see yourself doing on a perfect day. Something like 100 push-ups. And finally, you want to assign a reward that you can receive immediately after your routine that is also very pleasurable. If you're having trouble thinking of good rewards, you can always just use one of the primitive rewards I mentioned before like food, play, or socializing. You now have everything you need to start building your keystone habit. So what I want you guys to do right now is to sit down and carefully think about your cue, your low high bar for your routine, your reward, and write all of that down in the comments below. It is important that you write this out because this is what you'll be following starting today until you reach that line of automaticity for this habit. I'll include an example in the comments below and I'll also try my best to provide constructive criticism for as many of you as possible. In our next lesson, we're going to start speaking about willpower. I've mentioned willpower a couple of times throughout this course and that's because willpower is directly tied to your ability to stick to your habits. We'll be discussing what it is and how it works in our next lesson. The Tamed course was brought to you with the help of the patrons of this channel. You can donate as little as $1 a month and even then I'll be extremely grateful because each and every single dollar takes some pressure off of my shoulders. This allows me to create more content like this course for absolutely free without having to worry about putting a roof over my head. Check out my Patreon page to find out more about the perks and benefits that all my patrons receive. And for all of you that are starting your habits today, I wish you the best of luck and massive success. Stay tuned.